Listen in the old bio Find your favorite fishing pole Find out where's the next honey hole Only on the top rock fishing machine Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry, along with uh, Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting uh, show report, anyway, welcome to Kane Radio, FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And each Friday, the reason we're here is these fine people. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Dose Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you'd like to give us a call, of course, the number, you dial it, you got to dial that OR code, 337. Of course, the number here is 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane1240.com. Anywhere in the world, if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240. You can also listen to Kane on any accessible internet device. And we're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. Yep. And Rick, uh, freshwater, saltwater fishing, we're shaking. Well, Tony, <clears throat> excuse me, before we get started, <clears throat> on it. Uh, I want to tell everybody, Bass Cats, uh, I spoke to Mr. Mike Singleton yesterday, uh, February the 19th be the, the first uh tournament uh, around here so right. you know it's quite a ways away but it's uh it's going to be out of marshfield it's a hundred dollars a boat and then it'll be uh ten dollars uh you know additional if you optional if you want to go for big bass so that's right. february the 19th february 19th yeah. out at marshfield yeah uh ten dollars uh you said a hundred dollars a boat ten dollars for the right. big big uh, bass right which is op- you know optional if uh you know which come out to 110 a boat and uh 55 a man, or, you know, like, like Mike said, a lot of people, whether, you know, you fish two men or you fish by yourself, it's 100 a boat. That'll be on a Sunday. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's what I was looking on the calendar. Yeah, it's, it's on a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, February yes, 19th. Right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, in that regard. Also, Rick, uh, I know you've uh, hit the water maybe uh, a couple times. Yeah, last uh, last weekend, Tony, we did real well out of uh, Sherrington. But I see now the water starting to spike up. I, I guess is. all that rain and snow up north, you know, with uh, – with all the weather up there, it's, it's starting to come down. Well, not the weather, but the water. And uh, that, that'll probably mess the basin up for a while. And uh, I've been seeing a few deer people has been killing out there. And, uh, you know, as far as for fishing, we did real well. But like I said, with this water coming up, it's going to it's gonna take a toll on it, you know. And uh, it's a, a two-foot jump from what it was uh, last weekend. Anyway, and but like you, I know you're a big advocate of uh, not wanting to fish when the water's coming down or the water's mm-hmm. rising. It's moving a little bit too much, too. So, uh, uh, of course, we've had some cold temperatures, uh, yeah. Rick, and uh, uh, no mm-hmm. fish kills that I'm aware of. I hadn't heard of no, any. I didn't see anything, uh, you know, around Sherrington, Tony, that, that would, uh, you know, that would be, uh, didn't see anything, period, you know, and uh, thank God that, uh, you know, n- none of that happened, and uh, it's good for the fishery. Yeah, and, you know, we saw some temperatures down below uh, 32 for oh, yeah. uh, a lot of hours, so uh, mm-hmm. in that regard, and uh, thankfully, uh, we didn't see any large fish kills. Uh, we've been blessed, knock on wood, uh, That's right. without any uh, hurricanes. Of course, we had a tornado that, that yeah. did a lot of damage to a lot of people. Hopefully, they're recovering. Yeah. Slow process, but... Uh, and I did see a guy, Tony, around Sherrington. He had a nice catch of soccer, but like I said, all of that's not now because the water was like six and a half, and now 
is projected to go up to over nine feet. So yeah, that's gonna. And we're looking at that as yeah. being around January fifteenth, seventeenth, somewhere in there. Yeah. So about a week to ten days. Yeah. We're, we're talking about today being January the sixth. So uh, in the meantime. Um, but, but, you know, Rick, uh, we probably need a little more water in this area, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, no, with definitely. With all the rain we've had and everything. Yeah. So, uh, and on the salt water, I don't know about you, I just haven't heard much, uh, you know, with the, all the winds we've been having. And uh, it's just been – I haven't heard much about on uh, salt water fishing. Well, anyway, the final Louisiana red snapper landing estimates for 2022 have come out. And uh, the 811,000 pounds that we are, were allocated uh, – during the private recreational season, uh, those uh, landings uh, exceeded uh, a little over one uh, percent. So uh, the uh, the noted amount uh, that the uh, barrier was was eight hundred nine thousand, a little over that. And of course, with that uh, uh, twenty three hundred forty seven pounds over the limit, that's going to be offset, as we all know. Uh, but next year, uh, yeah. things are looking up too. The Louisiana allocation. Uh, for 2023 is uh, stated at 882,000 pounds, uh, 80, 882,443 pounds for the 2023 season. However, you know, the payback from uh, the 22 season, which is implemented, Louisiana will have 880,000. We're going to lose that 2,347 uh, 2347 pounds. So, uh, but still a nice increase of about 70,000 pounds. Yeah, that's right. And uh, with that, uh, they're also um, even with the payback. Louisiana sees that seventy, almost seventy-one thousand increase in anglers were able to fish red snapper for sixty-two days last year, and the red snapper season is scheduled to reopen Friday, March the tw- uh, excuse me, May the twenty-sixth, twenty twenty-three, unless changes are made to that opening date by the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. Anyway, uh, it didn't go up to three, or still two, Tom. I I want to say it went up to three last year, okay. and, and then uh, when they extended it after. Um, the Labor Day weekend, I think it kicked in October 15th. You're able to get, bring in four. Four. You know, so. So I guess uh, they'll wait and see what's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do the last number, year. Yeah. That's right, right. During the season from Memorial Day to Labor Day was three. Right. They bumped it another day. Uh, we still might see some uh, some information with that, yeah. hopefully in the next few weeks. In that regard, as they're totaling up everything and looking at everything uh, through that. Anyway, something I saw here, and I wasn't able to read it real well this morning, uh, a right. press release by, uh, by the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries on, on uh, an adoption uh, of notice of intent to reduce the cobia recreational commercial bag limits. Okay. Right? And I know I, I shared that with you a little bit, and they have yeah. adopted a notice of intent to decrease the current uh, two-fish daily uh, bag limit to one fish daily per person to establish a two-fish per vessel per day limit regardless of the number of trips for both recreational and commercial harvest. The size limit will remain 36 inches. Yep. In 2022, the NOAA through the Gulf Council changed the regulations for cobia in federal waters. In the most recent Southeast data assessment, the review population assessment of the Gulf of Mexico migratory group cobia uh, showed the stock was not overfished but was undergoing overfishing they say right uh the reduction is an annual catch limits that's needed to address the overfishing if you're interested in replying and addressing that uh, maybe with knowledge you may have uh in essence to uh well, the Tony, probably what it is <clears throat> excuse me the numbers yeah <clears throat> the numbers are probably on the cuff so they're they're going to go ahead and, and try to 
you know that that way they're not really overfished. That you know they're saying they're not overfished, but it's it's right at it's right at the point. Yeah, you and I both know well, that lemon fish cobia. Yeah. Uh, you can't oh, yeah. beat that with a no, stick. You yeah. know, baked in an oven or whatever. That's uh, right. And a lot of people use it in cubion and things of that nature. So uh, yeah. Anyway, just something uh, you got to keep a handle on. And folks, uh, again, you can go to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fishery site and look at the uh, updates and things that uh, are important that you stay ahead of the pace, too, because yeah. the agents are in full oh, yeah. force. Yeah, they, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, yeah, we, as uh, we usually do. We've been seeing them quite a bit wherever we go, and uh, which, you know, that's, they're doing their job. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And mo- their, big, their big thing is the six-word safety. That's, that's what they're looking for in practice. So, uh, anyway. Also, uh, with that, the Louisiana Wildlife Fisheries Commission adopts another uh, notice of intent to amend the hull identification uh, number regulations and uh, uh, the notice of intent amends regulations that provide the assignment of HINs to undocumented undocumented vessels manufactured uh, for resale in Louisiana that uh, do not qualify for the assignment of such numbers by the United States Coast Guard. So uh, federal regulations require recreational boats sold in the United States to have the HIN number, you know, the identification number fixed to the by the manufacturer. Further, the manufacturers of recreational vessels for sale in the United States are required to apply for a manufacturer's identification code from the United States Coast Guard to meet certain manufactured specifications. Louisiana law mandates that the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries to develop regulations that allow for assignment of the HINs to boats manufacturers in Louisiana for undocumented vessels manufactured uh, in the uh, state right. that do not qualify for assignment of such a uh, number by the United States Coast Guard. So, yeah. uh, no, you got to have that number fixed to the boat, you know, and, uh, yeah. most times. And, Tony, what you have to do, I got caught with that, uh, and I don't want to drag it out, but Wildlife and Fisheries, they have a stencil and they stamp it. So you have to set it up with them, and that way, when you do get stopped, you, you, you're legal. You got all your paperwork, and your HIN number matches your paperwork. Because if it doesn't, trust me, I know firsthand they will take your boat. Yeah, and they, I was mad, but there's nothing I could do. And they start writing too. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I had to jump through a few hurdles, even though I was legal, Tony. But I didn't have that piece of paper when I bought the boat. Now we got it straightened out. Sure, but you know. <clears throat> and you're trying to tell the agent, look, I own the boat. This is my boat. Nope. If you don't have the paperwork, uh-uh. you yep. know, he's just doing his job. That's right. Yep. And and they state that, and uh, I'm sure, yeah. Rick. <laughs> so you have to go to uh, set up an appointment. You go to Opelousas. That's that's where the main, I think the main hub is now, which they, they may have moved it to Lafayette because they did okay. a bunch of uh, yeah, they did. overhauling right. in the last couple of years. And but, it's done Dulles yeah. Road, too. Yeah. Anyway, if you have a, a custom-made aluminum boat, which I have, or, uh, you know, a boat that's like you just said, not manufactured. That's you right. call Wildlife and Fisheries, and, and please get that set up. Because if you get caught, they will take your boat. And you know what's really hard, too, Ricky, and I'll let to help people think this through with the identification number, is that, you know, on these self-manufactured boats by not a manufacturer, you know, man-made boats and all. Right. A lot of pro- The good thing is if you go see the Wildlife Fisheries and get that number applied. Yeah. Insurance companies don't want to insure you if it's not approved yeah. by the uh, Coast Guard uh, in yeah. that regard. So, that's right. uh, and then if it's stolen, Tony, that's, that that helps them uh, greatly, right. you know, because it's just like you know uh, your uh, ID number on your car, you know, so your VIN number, and uh, it's it's just good to have, and it's the law. So, yeah, you know, and you're taking a chance if you have a boat that's not registered. You know, is the word we're looking for, and you get stopped. 
you, you'll be in a, a great deal of trouble. And I know over the years, Gravois built a lot of boats, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I you know, right. they, I, and, I remember having some issues with them trying to get insurance yeah. for people. Well, a company like that and what they do, they get set up, they send them the numbers and they got their own stencil kit. So, you know, they call wildlife officials, look, I'm making a custom 20 footer. What's the number going to be? Yeah. And they stencil it and then you send it off and you get your sticker, you know, and your paperwork. It, it takes a little time. It too. does. It does, Tony. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, that aren't familiar with that. Right. Uh, but it's all, it's and, all for the, the best of the boat owner, trust me. And they me. got a lot of people that build yeah. boats, too. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. so uh, their skills, uh, they can build a boat and yeah. a skift or whatever the case may be. And, oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then they go through that. Uh, and it's, it's tough to insure something like mm-hmm. that without you yeah. being present and doing this uh, requirement. That's right. So, anyway, yes, just something to think about. In the meantime, uh, you know, Ricky, uh, kayaking is really getting big Yeah, here. it's big time. And it, it's starting to explode because the investment in a kayak is not as much as uh, no. uh, these fiberglass <clears throat> 24-footers or 18-footers yeah. or whatever some, you want to see. I've seen $7,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easy. But but still, it's a lot cheaper than yeah. buying a, an 18-foot boat with a with a 75 on right. it or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be if you want to do a little uh, soccer fishing or bass fishing and uh but uh anglers uh mill about uh you know in cold january mornings you see them out there you know oh, yeah. and recently even uh, uh the city of new iberia built that little kayak dock right, right. there by the deperia street mm-hmm. bridge That's nice. uh you know it's really nice and uh you know fresh salt water in louisiana are out there uh, tournaments to fit every kayak angler's uh, fishing style and they're sure uh, are to make you a better fisherman too and one of the best ways to ease into participation in kayak fishing tournaments is to join a local club and they um, they've got a few of them around here and louisiana has several active kayak clubs across the state and all host a variety of tournaments too and uh, you could probably find something through Facebook and many other internet forums. Oh, yeah. And these club members stay connected and hook up and other yakkers uh, for fishing adventures. And most of these clubs host several tournaments a year. Surely you can find one or two to suit your, your taste right. and your needs. Of course, there's a big one over in Grand Island this year. Yeah. I've heard as many as <clears throat> a thousand or more. Oh, yeah. Kayak they call it show up. riding the bull or something. Yeah, riding the bull. Yeah. That's right. The bull reds. That's yeah. right. And uh, it's just a, a huge tournament. And if you're looking to jump right in in on a unique and challenging tournament, check out the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club popular uh, minimalist uh, uh, challenge to be held January 28th. Okay. So uh, kayakers, uh, anglers, comfortable in fishing. Right. So uh, I'm going to say there's a good-sized club, Tony, out of Lafayette also. Yeah, and Baton yeah. Rouge, too, has got Baton another Rouge. one, too, yeah. I think. Uh, and kayak fishing tournaments continue to grow, and so do the <clears> prizes. <throat> Folks, yeah. man, check this out. Awards range from trophies to plaques to fishing gear to kayaks to cold hard cash. And some of these major tournament championship series have payouts in the thousands, oh, yeah. even tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And, of course, those are for the diehard kayak anglers willing to travel to states. But the winner of the 2022 Hobie uh, BOS, uh, that's the Bass Open Series, yeah. championships in Lake Cattle, that's up there in Shreveport, <clears throat> in Louisiana, took home ready. Forty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars for first place, and yep. the tournament paid out a total of a hundred grand all across the, you know, in placed in the, for people who placed in the finals. So, uh, 
I just, you know, if you're into fishing and uh, you just don't have a lot of money to spend, you know, uh, for, I guess, a nice craft today, Rick, twenty twenty five thousand dollars So, uh, yeah, it, if you, you know, rig if you it up, electronics, and, and like you said, trail it, it's, yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's, you a, it's some money. It's right. like a car, you yep. know, uh, you've got to insure. The more add-ons. And That's right, yep. and it's out there. Anyway, uh, anyway, just give it a try, you know, uh, if you like kayaking, you own a kayak, uh, Several of these tournaments are geared to provide opportunities for success at all skill levels. You know, if you're a rookie fisherman or you're just uh, not real experienced because you're not out there a lot, uh, the CCA Louisiana's own Ride the Bull, as you mentioned earlier, is a prime example of a tournament that is great for kayak anglers of all skills, so uh, popular. And uh, it holds the distinction of being the world's largest kayak fishing tournament. I went down, and they have a lot of people I going I mean, there. you could probably walk across uh, the right. bay out there yeah. on kayaks. Who sits around the fourth, Tony, they have that? Yeah, it's somewhere up in there, too, yeah. Rick. Yeah, or may, I, I can't say maybe in uh, – it might have been in August because of uh, uh, Ida maybe last okay. year. I don't know. Uh, All right, well, maybe I'm thinking the Tarpon Rodeo around the fourth. Yeah, that, you yeah. might be right about that. And with hundreds of kayak anglers fishing – you know, uh, it's just a, a skill. Uh, you can find tournaments that uh, you can get involved in and all. So, uh, uh, you know, a fishing tournament helps you learn how to organize your fishing day, including formula for plans, yeah. backup plans, uh, backup your backup plans. Oh, and yeah. it just, it, it, it's interesting and all. And if you're truly interested in meeting new kayak <laughs> angling friends, fishing for waters, uh, improving mm-hmm. kayak uh, fishing success, go out in your comfort zone, check out a a couple of many kayak tournaments available in the coming year, and you might just take home right. a great prize. Nice oh, yeah. check. Who knows, man? And, yeah. uh, Tony, I love the water, but when I seen that guy pull up that eight- or nine-foot alligator <laughs> on that jug line in the lake, I, I said, saw oh, that. that ended my kayak. I, I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. He had his son with him, too. Yeah, dude, I, ne- I never me. seen a dude move I mean, so that's fast. I mean, the head of that, that oh, croc. He was eight- or nine-foot. Oh, oh, man, yeah. that alligator, you're right. Uh, he let that line go quick, <laughs> and he was moving quick, too. So I said, well. Not, no doing, kayak. His feet feet don't fail oh, me yeah. now, man. No. Yeah. He's, he's getting <laughs> he out of there. I oh, remember yeah. that. That yeah. was right there in Lake Dutch. Well, yeah. there's, some, there's some big ones in the lake, Tony. I mean, he pulled that up from the bottom. Yeah. think he had a oh, nice Oh, yeah. He fish, just eased man. it up. Oh, yeah. Like he was going to grab that fish. But that big gator popped up. <laughs> I remember oh, seeing yeah. that. That was something to yes, see. Yes, sir. Well, anyway. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first break. You listen to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. We'll be back with more right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulics serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. 
The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. This Saturday, it's the Cajun Company Band, and on Sunday, T.K. Hewlett along with Steve Adams and his four-piece trio. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top ten bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, saying you'll have a whole night of fun at the Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in Newberry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day other than during bands and special benefits. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. We have a new player on the field, and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. And uh, something I saw, I uh, was quickly trying to pull this up. Like I mentioned, there were a few press releases through the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries that came out yesterday evening. And I uh, was trying to scurry around this morning and see which ones uh, were imminent and also important to our area but uh, louisiana wildlife and fisheries commission adopts a declaration of emergency for you turkey uh hunters uh the turkey season on the richard k yancey uh Sherburne wildlife management area basically their uh, declaration is uh to close it of 2023 the turkey hunting season on uh that particular wildlife management area the action came during the commission's january meeting held uh uh, yesterday and in Baton Rouge and another reason why I got that late uh, I was scrambling to get it uh, together this morning. The above average rainfall for eight of the last 11 years along with intensive flooding along the durations uh, during the uh, nesting and brood uh, rearing periods uh, in these areas are thought to be the decline of the reproduction of the successful of turkeys thus requiring the action and according to the declaration of emergency while hunting has not been a primary cause of the turkey population declines in those areas it could contribute to the declines and the delay of the population recovery because of these flocks are at very low densities so okay. uh, yeah. you people that uh, hunt out there <clears throat> in the in Sherburne uh, the that's right off of I-10 out there uh, a little before Whiskey Bay or right after Whiskey Bay I'm trying to think that while okay. I've been out there one time and it's been about five or six years ago All right. but uh, I know a few people that turkey hunt, you know, and uh, yeah. boy, that's a tough sport too, it is, man. Tony, a lot it's, of patience yeah. there with regards to those birds. That yeah. Probably one of the smarter birds here in this country for oh, hunting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, they, and they fly crazy too. Yep. They don't just take off. Uh, they anyway, it's a tough bird to hunt down and all. But uh, in the meantime. Um, that area is close to turkey hunting and got a couple of buddies. I think they one of them hunts out in that area somewhere yeah. uh, for turkey. So 
Anyway, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the agents doing their jobs and uh, with regards to, you know, finding violators and people that uh, don't want to listen to uh, the laws out there. And yeah. when you start seeing maybe teenagers or young adults, uh, you, you know, maybe, uh, but they should know better before they start uh, addressing and hunting and things of that nature and even fishing for that. And uh, it's, when I see these adults here in their 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing the law or checking into what's available and not doing that uh, that's a disappointment too more than anything and uh who knows i may be guilty of that too at times so uh, whether it be fishing uh, i don't hunt hardly at all anymore right but rick you know three men cited for red drum violations in plaquemines parish okay. and uh, uh agents cited two 18 year olds and a 51 year old all from georgia for possessing over the limit of red drum off the water, agents responded to a complaint about the subjects making multiple trips, catching large quantities of red drum, and that was on December 28th. Agents responded the next day while the subjects were at a camp off a of Heritage uh, Bayou. Agents found the men in possession already, 134 red drum fillets, hey. uh, putting them in the possession of 67 red drum after interviewing the men, the agents learned that the men caught 67 red drum over a two-day period. The legal two-day limit allowed for the men was 30 red drum, placing them 37 red drum over their legal possession limit. Okay. The, the over the limit of red drum brings up to a $950 fine, 120 days in jail, plus $25 per red drum over the limit. In addition to any applicable fines, the men shall have any and all fishing licenses uh, Held uh, revoked, the men shall also be uh, prohibited from attaining any new fishing licenses for one year. Of course, uh, the civil restitution was close to a thousand dollars in that regard, and you know as well as I do, man. Uh, when they take away those licenses, uh, of course, if they were yeah. from Georgia, uh, they had to buy pay a little bit more to fish. You know, yeah, uh, yeah non-resident. Yeah, yeah. I think those licenses are more to a point of about a hundred dollars too, if my memory yeah, serves that's me correctly. Probably pretty close, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, also agents cite uh, a Pierre Park man for numerous hunting violations. I mean, you know, uh, an agent cited a 49-year-old for hunting uh, the wild uh, quadrupeds uh, during illegal hours, taking an alligator during the closed season, hunting deer without a deer license, and deer tags, failing to validate uh, the deer harvest, of possession of marijuana, criminal trespassing, possession of a firearm with a obliterated uh, serial number, a scratched-out serial number, Agents received a complaint about the violator hunting during illegal hours in Assumption Parish, set up surveillance. Agents observed the culprit walking through a swamp area on January 1, around 2.30 a.m., shining a light while carrying a 22 rifle. Agents made contact with the alleged, and he admitted he was actively hunting at 2.30 in the morning. Man. Anyway, agents sent and uh, smelled the odor of marijuana and found him in possession. Uh, agents escorted him back to his residence on Fushway. Agents found him in possession of a live infant alligator and recently harvested deer carcass. He admitted to harvesting the deer without the required deer hunting license and deer tags. Agents also learned that he did not have permission to access the lands he was hunting on. Agents also found that the rifle he was hunting with had a, uh, as I mentioned, a scratch out serial number uh you know hunting wild uh 
quadrupeds during the illegal hours, uh, 900 to $1,000 fine, up 120 days in jail. Possessing an alligator during the closed season carries a 400 to $950 fine, 120 days in jail. Hunting deer without a deer license and tags, uh, also a $350 fine for each offense. And you start to wonder, you know, this guy, you know, he just he just said, you know, I guess I'm just going to go uh, hunt deer, alligator, whatever, and get my hands yeah, on. Just shoot. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, unbelievable. And the last but not least, uh, the agents cite 10 subjects for bow hunting violations in East Carroll Parish. Now, okay. East Carroll Parish is up there. The It's the most uh, northeast parish in the state, and it's probably one of the poor parishes really? in the state of Louisiana, if not the poorest parish. It's borders, uh, uh, of course, it borders uh, Mississippi, Arkansas. Uh, West Carroll Parish. It's in uh, and the Mississippi River. Okay. And, I mean, Arkansas is on top Arkansas. of it. So it's that last parish up in the northeast corner. While agents cited a 47-year-old, a 20-year-old, both from Broussard, a 54-year-old from Franklin, a 35-year-old from Bunky, a 48-year-old from Sterlington, that's up in that area, uh, a 37-year-old of Alexandria, and a 51- and 19-year-old, both from Ruston, a 45- and a 47-year-old from Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, possession of pods while bow hunting, and agents won patrol uh, along the Mississippi River when they initiated com- uh, Compliance checks on the hunters of uh, south of Lake Providence. Agents found the subject in possession of pods while bow hunting. The pods were located in the quivers attached to the archery equipment. During the investigations, agents found that uh, one harvested an antlerous deer okay. and the use of the arrow fitted to it with the pod. Agents seized all of the pods and the antlerous deer in association with the case. Possession of pods while bow hunting bring a two hundred fifty to five hundred dollar fine and up to ninety days in jail. Spurgeon may also uh, face uh, civil restitution. That's one of the hunters up there, totaling uh, a little over sixteen hundred dollars for the replacement value of the illegal deer. So, uh, folks, okay. and if you want to go hunting or whether bow hunting or whatever, let's yeah. let's obey the rules. And you know, you're looking at some older people, people from my area too. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and Tony, you can get there. the booklet or go online. Like you said, they they got everything's covered. Uh, the state sectioned off. You yeah. know, it's just sad to uh, you and, know. Yeah, and it doesn't take an MIT graduate to read uh, the right. directions and the laws with regards right. to uh, hunting, whether it be with ducks or, or deer or fishing or, or alligator. It, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory what oh, you yeah. need to do. Right, and they've even best call the office to speak with someone. You That's know. Right. And get their information on that. But anyway, that's pretty much uh, what's going on uh, here in the state of Louisiana. Of course, uh, uh, duck seasons, I'm trying to recall, since I'm not a duck hunter, I don't know if we're at the end of it. Uh, it's gotta, pretty pretty much, I think so. Yeah, Tom. we're getting close yeah, not, to not that. Not much left. Staying with deer yeah. uh, depends on the, the shot you use and where you're hunting. So uh, Right, section. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, and I think squirrel, rabbit, and all is good to the end of February. Yeah. So, in the meantime, to tie the tides today, February, uh, February, Friday, the 6th of January, yep. the sun rose in Southwest Pass for Million Bay at 7.03. Sunset will be at 5.24. We get a little more daylight now. Yep. The high and low uh, tide chart, we can see the first low tide was, uh, it's going to be at 8.59 this morning, and the next low tide will be at 9.18. The only high tide of the day will be at 5.49. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, the 7th, the uh, sun's going to rise at the uh, same time, 7.03, and set at the same time, 5.24. 
in the high and low tide chart. Uh, the first high tide will be at 12.17 a.m. It's a little after midnight, Friday night, Saturday morning. Next high tide at 6.21. The first low tide will be at 9.33 tomorrow morning, and the next low tide at 9.07. Sunday, the 8th mm-hmm. of January, the sun's going to rise approximately 7.04, set at 5.25. In the high and low tide chart, the first high tide Sunday morning will be at 1 a.m. Saturday night, Sunday morning. Next high tide at 6.53. The first low tide will be at 10.06 a.m. And the next low tide at 9.34 p.m. The average water temperature in Southwest Pass of Vermilion Bay will be a a cool 63 degrees. Cool down a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, not too bad uh, from the 58 uh, so-called we had last week, Rick. Anyway, um, Rick, you know, each uh, Friday we wouldn't be here if it weren't for these fine people. Tony, we got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Dose Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola. Quarter Tavern and Home Run Pizza. And our motto is always: Kids that hunt and fish don't steal and.